Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. So wonderful to see you back at Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker. And today we have an item that it has been on display, quite prominent here in the shop, but you may not have noticed it. If you'll look up over here, these are some vintage pennants from various universities and schools. But these universities and schools are no ordinary hall of higher learning, or better yet, their student body aren't your usual members of academia. If you look here, this one is from Legion Academy over there, Smallville High School, Dotham University over here, the Xavier Institute for Higher Learning, formerly Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters, and of course this one here in particular, it's a little bit newer than the other pennants, but still of great interest. This, this pennant is from the Godolkin University School of Crime Fighting and is at the heart of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at the new Amazon Prime series, Gen V. So the first three episodes of Gen V hit Amazon Prime on September 29th, and this is a spinoff of The Boys TV series, and I, for one, have loved The Boys. It is one of those fun superhero shows that is really a satire on superhero movies and superheroes in general, and society in general. It's just a really clever idea and a clever TV series based on some really good comic books by Garth Ennis. When I found out they were going to start doing like some spin-off shows from the boys, I was really interested. Uh, now, when I found out they were doing Gen V and it was going to be young superheroes, I thought, oh, this could easily slip into a series more geared for a younger audience. When you're dealing with that, you can really alienate some of the older audience members. That I think is exactly what happened with the Willow series on Disney+. Plus. They wrote Willow for a Gen Z audience when Willow's main core audience and the majority of their audience are all Gen Xers or millennials, at the very least older millennials. So I was really concerned about the route they were going with this, but having watched it, I, you know, I like how they kept this true to the boys series they did delve into issues of the younger generation, but also issues that any kid growing up has probably dealt with in one form or fashion or the other. And and a lot of the characters delved into various issues that it, it didn't make things just overtly message, 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 and we're going to sacrifice the, the story for a message. Uh, they didn't do that at all. So I really appreciated that. But this series really, uh, in the eight episodes that comprise this, this first season of Gen V, uh, I thought they did a really good job in 
creating characters that you care about. Not just human characters, because unlike the boys, I mean, you got a couple good superheroes, or soups as they call them, but for the most part, the superheroes in the boys are, are pretty deplorable. <laughs> They're not good. Even some of the good guys do some very questionable things. But for the most part, the superheroes are the bad guys. You get a couple like Starlight and Queen Maeve. Some random people here and there that usually don't last long and are killed off quite quickly. But for the most part, your your focus is on people like Homelander. Some of the other deplorable Deplorable superheroes that they, they try to give them a redemption arc, but it never really seems to really pan out with like A-Train or The Deep. But I like this series because it really set up uh, some of these young superheroes as very likable people. And, and I think that is kind of interesting because it really delves into how they take these young impressionable kids that have all the best intentions of being a superhero and saving people and doing good and how corporate Vought takes them and twists them and turns them into what we see in the boys. I think is a really interesting angle that we we don't fully dive down that, but you start to see the seeds being planted for that. And if you haven't watched this series, I mean, you get all of the gore and a lot of the shock value that you do get in The Boys. Uh, you don't get quite the nudity because it is college kids, high school kids. So I, I get why they don't do that. And you don't need that. I like to see boobs and butts as much as the next guy, but I, I don't need that uh, in every show that uh, that comes down the pike. But they really do a good job with this as far as uh, the humor. They do a good job with the stakes. They go, do a good job with the effects. A lot of them are CG. Not all of them are great, but a lot of them are, are still passable. A lot of the CG is better than some of the CG you see in Marvel movies, or at least comparable. That's not saying much because... Uh, Marvel and Disney uh, are, are taking the they're they're in the express lane when it comes to churning out special effects and not giving any of those talented artists enough time to do what they do best. But I really want to get into talking about this. So I, as far as a non-spoilery review, uh, just go watch it. It's definitely worth the watch if you are jaded by marvel and dc and superhero movies that just feel like cookie cutter films and cookie cutter stories and just a lot of nonsense then the boys will be a refreshing break from that because it takes uh the whole superhero genre and turns it on its head and and that is pretty much what you get with Gen V as a spinoff of that. The acting's really good. The effects are really good. You get some cameos from the boys. If you if you have watched the boys, you really need to watch that before you watch Gen V if you haven't. Uh, but definitely worth a watch. And once you've watched it, then come back and listen to my thoughts because we are going to get into some spoiler territory. So if you have watched it or you don't care one way or the other about spoilers or, or the show, you're just, you know, you're interested to hear what all the fuss is about. Uh, we're going to press on, but we are going to get into some spoiler territory from here on out. So Gen V is about this school, the Godolkin University School for Crime Fighting. It is where all the young superheroes go to learn how to be superheroes and to learn either to be a crime fighter or to learn how to be a 
a PR puppet, which I, I thought that was a very interesting, you know, you have two career paths you can go down. You can actually be a superhero or you can use your superhero abilities to do movies or pimp products or things like that. It felt very corporate America. But you focus on this main character, Marie Moreau, played by Jazz Sinclair. She does a really good job with this character. Very likable. You you meet her as a young kid where she's just learning her powers and her power is to psychically manipulate blood her own blood or other blood and you really get a a good sense of her learning her abilities uh, from that first scene where she kills her parents in front of her little sister after she's had her first period and the the blood floating in the air and then turning into like this like icy blood spike that slits her mother's jugular and then the explosion that kills her dad just it was brutal and disturbing to watch and a horrible origin story for a character in terms of the uh, emotional turmoil and the emotional trauma that that drives them to be a superhero but from that bit of uncontrolled use of her powers to learning how to hone her abilities and use her abilities in ways she never knew how it was a very interesting story and like i said jazz sinclair plays this character really well she's very likable she's very sympathetic uh when she needs to be she's very strong when she needs to be uh she feels like the Uh, Not the hesitant or reluctant leader, but she is a lot more powerful than she thinks and growing into her powers is just giving her more confidence and you'll, I think, see her as a more of a big player in the boys universe in seasons to come, whether it be Gen V or the boys. And we might as well run down some of the other characters and their abilities real quick. There's Andre Anderson played by Chance Podomo. He's kind of like Magneto. He can manipulate metal with, with magnetic energy. Uh, his father is the essentially the same way. Uh, his superhero name is Polarity, but that character is played by Sean Patrick Thomas. It was cool to see him in this. Maddie Phillips plays Kate Dunlap. And of course, uh, Maddie Phillips, she's an actress. She seems very familiar. I know if you look down her filmography, she's been in a lot of different TV shows. She was in Supernatural, Eric Kripke's big show that pretty much everybody who's been in Supernatural is going to or has been uh, a character in the, the boys at some point or another. But she plays Kate Dunlap. She's a telepathic character. She can push people with her mind by touching them and control them and make them do things very interesting it plays out uh, as a big part of this um i don't want to get into too much uh too into the weeds right now with with the story but uh, another character that was very interesting the jordan lee character now every character kind of is their own teen problem marie moreau her blood powers it has a lot of menstruation and young girls getting their period connotations uh she has to cut her hand open so blood can come out so she can manipulate it to use it as a weapon uh you know it it deals with cutting the andre anderson character not so much about his abilities but he does have father issues trying to live up to his father's standard uh he's always likes to to toke it up uh he's good with that so there while the character is not necessarily about a particular issue he has teenage issues the kate dunlap character the pretty blonde who feels like she has to to manipulate people 
Of course, that plays on the telepathic manipulation of her, her pushing. There's another character that's a, a huge, like, issue type character. Emma, we'll talk about here briefly because I really like her character. I want to spend a little time on that. But, but this character, Jordan Lee is a gender shifter and the character is played by two different actors london thor plays the feminine version of jordan lee and Derek lou uh hopefully i'm pronouncing that last name right he plays the masculine version of jordan lee and each has their own powers the the female version can burst uh energy blasts while the male version is uh has superhuman strength and, and durability but the jordan lee character really delves into gender identity which is a big issue with uh, especially with teens these days or some teens at the very least there's another character not a main character but a character i was really looking forward to and i was disappointed that he didn't get many scenes because he died right away but uh patrick schwarzenegger arnold's son uh plays luke uh aka golden boy who uh, has pyrokinesis and can turn like his body into flame. Really interesting idea for a character. Very super powered character. You know, he was supposed to be the next to go to the seven and he ended up dying, which we'll, we'll talk about that briefly coming up. But uh, I really liked his character. And of course, Golden Boy, the all American white boy that everybody expects from and. And they feel like they can't live up to their expectations, that sort of thing. It delves into that. Uh, the two characters I really enjoyed the most in this show was Emma, a.k.a. Little Cricket, played by Lizzie Broadway. Uh, she plays a character that initially can just grow small, but she does this by purging, by making herself throw up. And every time she throws up, she gets smaller and smaller. And then they reveal later that she can grow big. It's almost kind of like an Ant-Man type character, uh, only without the soup. But she can grow big by binging. So the whole binging and purging thing, um, eating disorders character, plays in with this character. I did like at the very end where she gets upset and she's crying and she shrinks because of that. So I, I think... Again, playing into the eating disorder thing, it's more of an emotional thing, her growing big or small. Uh, so I think her character and the way in which her powers uh, are activated is going to morph and develop. And I'm interested to see how that character goes. There's also Sam, played by Asa German. He is Golden Boy's younger brother, has super strength, super durability, it's kind of like invincible. And he is being held captain in this place called The Woods, a scientific lab underneath Godolkin University, where he is being experimented on. And, and I loved the relationship between Sam and Emma. Uh, it was so cute and adorable. And, and those two actors play those parts so well. There's an innocence to both of them. And they were just, uh, they were fun to watch on the screen. And I was really disappointed how their characters ended up. I, I know you can't be all cutesy and schmaltzy and them just live happily ever after. You have to add some complexity to the relationship. And, and they certainly did that with uh, Sam kind of. Turning to the dark side with a little help from Kate, making him feel nothing. But but Sam asked her to. He wanted her to do that. And and he's got some mental problems. He's got some mental issues. And and his character really delves into mental health aspects of, of being a teen or, or, or anybody for that matter. But the way he left Emma was just uh, so sad. And, and I, I'm interested to see where these 
two characters go and to see them hook back up, for, for lack of a better term. I don't mean in a sexual way. I mean just uh, from, from a relationship standpoint. Because you get the whole on-again, off-again thing with Starlight and Meg Ryan's kid. Jack Quaid and the boys series. You get uh, a lot of on-again, off-again stuff with them. And that gets a little old. So I hope they don't do that with these two characters. Some other characters that were really interesting to see show up in this. Uh, we finally got to see Tech Knight. That's a character that everybody's wanting to show up in the boys. I was a little disappointed. I don't know the comics as well as I would like. I know just enough to be dangerous. But Tech Knight, uh, like he didn't show up as a superhero. He showed up. I mean, this is kind of the Batman knockoff, the world's greatest detective. And he's rich. And he really showed up as like the Bruce Wayne version of Tech Knight. And we didn't get to see a superhero version. I'm kind of hoping we see that in the boys in the upcoming season. But it was cool to finally see that character on screen. And see what a utter douchebag he was. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, that's what superheroes are in, in the boys' world. But Derek Wilson played him. Did a really good job with that character. Jason Ritter had a funny little cameo in one of Sam's hallucinations with the puppets. They did Avenue V, which was kind of a play off the uh, Avenue Q musical comedy with the puppets. It also felt very akin to Black Noir's hallucinations. Was it last season on the boys with the with the cartoon characters? But you also had a, a couple other big but quick the boys cameos. Anthony Starr and Carl Urban both make a an appearance in that finale which it was fun to see them and get another link to the main series but for the for the most part this season is about this maria moreau character getting into godalkin and it starts off all about just her being a student and learning the hierarchy of of being at Godolkin University and the competition to be the best student and to be the best superhero and getting into the right classes and, and getting to know the right administrators that can help push you along. It was very much about the politics of school and and being a superhero at such a young age but then it kind of morphed into this wood story where you find out this dark underbelly quite literally of Godolkin University is this lab where they're experimenting on superheroes like Sam you find out that they're trying to develop a virus to kill superheroes and the Dean Dean Shetty played by Shelley Kahn who, who does a really good job with this character is a human who is spearheading this because her family died in that flight that Homelander took down. Uh, I can't remember the name of the flight, but it's you know, it's very heavily referenced in the first couple seasons, or probably every season of The Boys, but at least uh, the very first two seasons of The Boys, it was made referenced and you saw the flashback of it. And she hates superheroes and she's trying to have scientists develop this, this virus to kill superheroes. Not as a fail-safe, just outright genocide. She tries to contact Grace Mallory, who is kind of like the government liaison for the boys, but even she doesn't want to be a part of this. I thought it was cool that they had the Victoria Newman character show up, played by Claudia Dumit, and the revelation that her powers, I mean, she we knew we sh she could make people's heads explode uh, because we saw that in the first couple seasons of the boys, first few seasons, but we find out that she has the same power that Maria Moreau has, where she can manipulate blood, and that 
that's how she she does that. And we got to see a very uh, a different kind of head explosion, similar but different. Another one of the uh, supernatural cameos in this, of course, uh, Soldier Boy, played by Jensen Ackles, uh, showed up uh, late in the season, but also Alexander Calvert, who played Jack in Supernatural, shows up with this as Rufus, another psychic who use his uh, mental telepathy and clairvoyance and astral projections to... He's called Rufus. He essentially uses it to roofie girls. And we get to see Maria Moreau uh, explode his penis. That's a sight I can't unsee. God, I've tried. My cheeks pucker and things retract every time I think of that. So it was a horrifying scene. But I like how the story moves from this college life to nefarious clandestine organization underneath the school trying to test on superheroes and create a virus to kill superheroes to this college uprising and kind of shows how college kids can be radicalized because of people that spread the right kind of ideals and strike the right chord with young people can radicalize young people and college students quite quickly for good or for ill where we see Kate and Sam kind of take this radical view that the humans are the bad guys they're the superior beings they unleash all of the caged uh, young soups down in the woods and there is an attack on the campus they play into a horrible phenomenon that is happening in in our schools i mean it's been happening incrementally more and more over the past you know 20 years or so but college campus attacks and, and you see these young superheroes who are mad at the world and mad at humans uh going around and killing indiscriminately and and it's it was it was kind of jarring to watch that they even had a disclaimer at the beginning about they're going to be showing a college attack it's easy to say oh you know the young kids today they're so triggered and they can't handle it or things like that but but to sit there and watch it play out and and to imagine the real life equivalent of that and how how scary that is. I mean, if I was a kid growing up in today's time where that is more prevalent than when, when I was a kid in the, the 70s and 80s, I'd probably be pretty worried about that. I mean, I had a healthy fear of nuclear war as a kid growing up you know, from the late 70s and, and through the early 80s. And it never happened, but it doesn't mean it wasn't a, a real threat at that time. And that's kind of what today's kids are going through and there again another example of how the show it, it takes issues and it takes things that the young people are going through today and puts it out there in a, a fantastical scenario where you're talking about superheroes and, and things like that but it, it made it very real and that, that was kind of an interesting i i liked how they treated the issues that young people are facing and made it something that not just young people can relate to. Anybody can relate to, to some of these issues that these kids have gone through, that their characters represent, and the issues that they go through as this the story goes on. And then that scene at the end where you see Homelander show up and you think, okay, he's He's going to do the right thing. He's going to stop this and save the day because Vought tells him so. But but it was so funny because Maria Moreau walks up to him. He's like, stop. And what's wrong with you? Why are you siding with the humans and not your own kind? And then you get that news report at the end 
where they paint Maria, Jordan, Andre, Emma, paint them as the bad guys and the perpetrator of this this attack on this campus and paint Kate and Sam, who were the perpetrators and the instigators of this, paint them as the heroes. And they're, again, playing into the spin of news and how the only real good guy or bad guy that the public sees is the one that the media tells them or shows them was interesting. But you see those four characters, Marie, Andre, Emma, and Jordan, all in this like facility, this testing facility. So you're wondering where they're at. Are they at Vought? I don't think they're still at Godolkin. I don't think they're in the woods. I think they may be in some lab at, at Vought headquarters at Vought Tower. Then you get a, a quick mid-credit scene where Carl Urban is uh, Billy Butcher investigates the ruins of the woods underneath Godolkin. And of course he drops the C word. I mean, Come on. If you're going to give Billy Butcher one line, he's got to use the C word. It set up a bit of a cliffhanger that I'm I'm so excited to see. I don't know if they're going to let any of this play out in The Boys Season 4, which uh, Season 4 is... It's kind of, I don't know when they're going to release it. It should be released sometime this year. I know back in April, they concluded filming on the season, but I know they also held off on releasing season four because of the writer's strike. Now the writer's strike is over, but the actor's strike is still going on. So I I don't know if they're planning on waiting until the actor's strike is ended before they release this fourth season. But I'm really hoping that we get it sooner rather than later. And I get solidarity and all that but i'm really excited to see how much of gen v they tie in with the boys because there was a lot of events that happened in the boys that were referenced in gen v and a lot of characters referenced a lot of characters getting little cameos and and it was really a nice tie-in now i'm interested to see the opposite how gen v gets to tie in with the boys and and how much of that story will intersect and cross over but all in all i was really happy with gen v it was it was a lot better than i was expecting it to be it was as good if not better than i hoped it would be and and i really enjoyed like i said a lot of those little easter eggs that reference the boys you have this one character who is invisible and they reveal late that he is the son of translucent which i thought was kind of cool uh we saw him die as part of the seven in season one there were a lot of cameos it was nice to see another supernatural alum make an appearance in the boys sooner or later we got to get a jared padalecki cameo i'm just saying but aside from all the boys references and the boys cameos it, it really was a good show on its own that that didn't need all those. I, I, I think you're just placing it in the boys universe, I think was enough because I think it could stand on its own because it had really interesting characters, really good actors, and a really interesting story that just kept evolving. You went from, like I said, from from student life and then kind of like a, a teen drama to this mystery of the woods and then rescuing people from the woods and then it kind of morphs into a rise of the soups sort of story and and you have all of the the radicalization of of the college students and things take a a dark turn and it it just was a very interesting movie that kept moving forward and kept uh getting more and more interesting with more and more layers i thought it had a lot of the things that you know and love about the boys Uh, i mean granted it didn't have no boobs 
uh, but it didn't have near the nudity that you would expect from the boys. But it did have the gore. It did have those shock scenes when Emma, little cricket, is is tiny and she's on this date with this guy and he wants her to climb on his member. And you get to see her. She's hanging on to like a big fake penis tip. Uh, and you know they don't they don't shy away from shit like that uh or like maria uh exploding rufus's uh penis uh they didn't shy away from showing you any of that and not just the nudity but the gore i mean the gore of it was probably what was gross and it didn't matter that it was not great cg it was still disturbing uh whenever maria uh, is involved because of her blood powers. It just adds a level of grossness to it. When she killed her parents accidentally, those scenes were disgusting. And not just because of the blood, but how the blood killed her parents was was disturbing. When she exploded the penis, when she exploded Kate's arm from the the elbow down was was brutal to watch. And like I said, it was. It was a, a lot of CG, but it still worked. And those are just a few of the examples where you get some some really interesting gore going on. Uh, not to mention uh, Clancy Brown. I forgot to even mention him. Him showing up as one of the renowned professors at Godolkin University. And his knowledge of the woods and Luke finding out about it. And, and the whole story about Luke being manipulated by Kate to forget his brother being down there. And... Him getting those memories back and killing Clancy Brown's character and then not being able to live with it and, and committing suicide. Uh, him committing suicide by flying up in the air and then exploding himself was, uh, while it wasn't disturbing, it was sad. And and, and I hated to see it because I, I thought Patrick or Schwarzenegger, I was really excited to see him in a lot more of this than we actually got him. But when he exploded, the viscera that rained down on everybody was just another one of those great boys, gross blood and gut scenes. So yeah, all in all, I, I thought this was a good season and an interesting spinoff for the boys i'm really looking forward to more i'm like i said i'm interested to see how these characters and how these stories tie in with the main boys series but i'm also interested to see where they're going to go with the second season of this and i want to see these i want to see more of these characters i want to see more of maria and andre i want to see where emma and sam you know can they reconcile will they reconcile kate and and her play in all of this uh, the Jordan Lee character is interesting. I'm interested to find out where they're at and, and like I said, where this story goes from here. And I have to imagine we are going to get a second season out of this. I, I don't know if anything's been uh, said officially, but I know audience responses and critical responses have been pretty good for this show. So uh, really interested to see if and when we do get an announcement that there is going to be a second season. I, I'd be really shocked if it didn't get a second season. Because Amazon, unlike Netflix, they're a little more patient. Not terribly patient, because we saw that with uh, Night Sky, but uh, they, they are a little more patient than Netflix, who will, who will cancel a show at the drop of the hat if you are one minute under the, the amount of time they want people watching and spending on that show. But ultimately, uh, a really good show, a really good spinoff. Uh, sometimes spinoffs can feel like you're going to the well one too many times or they can come across as a little lame or reaching with characters, trying to be more outlandish, to be more cute, to be more clever. But this is, this is a show that I, I think is written very well. Uh, as most Eric Kripke 
shows i mean supernatural was on the air for as long as it was for a reason because eric kripke uh, set up interesting characters and an interesting scenario and you know while he wasn't running the show for the whole length of supernatural's run those first few seasons he was and he laid the foundation for a really good show i think he did that with the boys and i think he's done that with this it's a show with really interesting characters they cast good actors to play these characters and they keep you engaged with enough ridiculousness and outlandishness and shock value while still keeping their finger on the sarcastic pulse of our society and and superhero movies and superhero franchises uh, it's just a, a great combination of a lot of really interesting things that keep you engaged for for all eight episodes and and i really enjoyed season one of gen v and look forward to another season and many more to come so i want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on gen v you can check it out on amazon prime right now all the episodes are out uh, i want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts you can check out more what's going on with all Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, horror, fantasy, science fiction. We're always posting about that on our socials, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, no matter where you listen to this podcast, please leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. Whatever review you leave, we do appreciate that. And like, follow, subscribe to the podcast wherever you happen to be listening to it. It lets people know that, that you're listening and it lets us know that, hey, you know, we've got a following out there. And as always, please share this podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. Help us get those numbers back up. Like I, I said, it was a little over a year ago, or maybe not quite a year ago, we switched podcast platforms. And as anybody who's done a podcast before knows that sometimes the audience doesn't follow. And that was the unfortunate fact of, of us moving to a different podcast platform. We're trying to build those numbers back up. So please share this podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction so we can keep doing what we're doing. And uh, we appreciate your support. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!